All right, so the 2014 MLB trade deadline is upon us. Uh, a lot of movement, a lot of early movement. The Yankees are already uh, bringing over Brandon McCarthy, uh, Chris Capuano, Chase Headley, uh, you know, trying to improve around some areas that, that needed improvement. And uh, if if anything else, they're, uh, they've at least had some upgrades happen, uh, uh, at least at third base and at least to the rotation where they desperately needed help. Um, and uh, they, they've coasted so far 8-4 and four through the second half, or the so-called second half. Um, big series finale in Texas, and then a big series against the Red Sox. Maybe not big series for both teams, but for the Yankees who need to rack up wins, need to win the games in bunches, need to win series, and no better way to do that than against a couple teams who are struggling. And uh, joining me today to talk a little Yankees-Red Sox with the Yankees heading to Fenway for the second-to-last time this season is Danny Picard. You can hear him weekdays on iTunes, the host of I'm just saying, and also on weekends on WEEI in Boston. Dan, how's it going today? It's going well, Neil. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, I spent part of uh, my Wednesday listening to your Wednesday show where, um, you know, basically you called out the Red Sox for, uh, you know, the the John Lester situation and the fact that he had said he wanted a hometown discount. You're not really sure what that hometown discount is. No one is really sure at this point. But mm-hmm. um, the only offers that made it public seemed like, you know, they were trying to lowball a guy who's helped them win two World Series. And now they're at the point where he's got his start scratched on Wednesday night. I guess he could be traded any moment. He could probably be traded before this podcast is over. Uh, but yeah. John Lester, I mean, you look back to October last year. Well, even if you go back a little farther, because I know I've brought this point up in the past, where you know where this team was in 2011 when they when they collapsed and gave away that season, and then the disaster in 2012 with Bobby Valentine. Um, you look at last season, sort of sandwiched in between this season and 2012, and really this year and 2012 could have happened last year, but everything seemed to go right for the Red Sox, and John Lester was a big part of that. You called him out early in 2013, said he had to step up and have a bounce back season, and he did just that carried them in the playoffs and now you look to where we were you know nine months ago um and he leads them to their sec- his second world series in, in six calendar years and now he could be somewhere else by the end of the night yeah i mean that like you said he could be somewhere else by the end of this podcast um for all we know but he as we're currently currently speaking he's in the dugout um so i guess that's a good thing at least but he should be on the mound they replaced him they scratched him actually uh, the night before this start and, and said that Brandon Workman would, would start. But, I mean, I guess I'm just trying to figure out throughout all of this, I'm trying to figure out why the two sides can't get a deal done. Not not with a trade, but with a contract extension. I can't figure out, I can't figure out why they just can't get to an extension. John Lester comes out in January. He says, and and go back and read the quote. He is emphatic about this. I mean, he he says he is willing to leave money on the table. He says it's almost like it's going to happen. He's going to do it to re-sign with the Red Sox because this is how bad he wants to stay here. I was sitting there talking about trading John Lester, and I guess I try to put myself in the shoes of a guy who wants to stay somewhere so bad where he would come out in January and say that he would take a hometown discount, which is a terrible negotiation ploy, by the way. I can only imagine uh, what his agent was thinking. Unless it was a ploy to maybe save face, knowing that they weren't going to take a hometown discount. Um, but I, if, if I'm John Lester, and I really do want to stay in Boston, and all that stuff was genuine, and I do not want to leave here, then I don't understand why the next 24 hours you can't get your agent uh, ownership and management and, and, and get a deal done. 
I can't understand why that can't happen. Maybe it's because Lester's asking for too much, an outrageous amount, and, and the hometown discount is, is not was not genu- a genuine comment. Or maybe the Red Sox are just being cheap. I, we haven't heard any numbers come out other than the initial offer, which was four for seventy-two. Which again, it, it, the initial offer for an organization after you hear that a guy comes out and admits he'll take a hometown discount. I don't look at the 72, and I think people need to stop looking at the 72 mil. They need to look at the fact that it's four years to eight, that's 18 mil a year, right? If my math serves me correctly, 18 mil a year for four years. The Red Sox obviously are willing to pay more than their initial offer. I mean, that's just the way a negotiation works. You, you know how much you want to give him per year and how many years. You don't make that offer right away. That would just be dumb business. So you go a little less than that, or maybe not a little. You go, you just go less than that. So I don't know how much further up the Red Sox are willing to go. We don't have those numbers. But at the same time, I don't know how much John Lester is asking for. And I'm just I'm confused as to why these two sides can't come to an agreement when John Lester keeps saying he wants to be here, he doesn't want to go anywhere else, and they're going to have to rip the jersey off his back. And the Red Sox have all this money to spend, and he's their ace. And they're looking to build for 2015. Well, if I'm looking to build for 2015, I need John Lester on the mound on opening day. So I just can't understand why they can't get a deal done and why we're talking about a trade right now. Well, for all the topics we've ever discussed, whether it's baseball, whether it's hockey, whether it's football, you, I, I feel like this is the most heated you've been about anything. Yeah, I just I, – I, because I don't know who to believe. I, I know the ownership and management, they're going to take a lot of heat for this. If they trade Lester – whether it's tonight or tomorrow before the trade deadline, he's not coming back. You know, the people, I will be shocked if he gets traded and comes back to the Red Sox. And you know what? For all we know, maybe John Lester actually, when he said the other night that if he is traded, he would still consider re-signing with the Red Sox because he still wants to be in Boston. Maybe at the time he actually meant that. But if he gets a taste of another city and another organization where the media is not up his ass and every little thing that he does or says has, you know, the microscope put on it, when he gets to another place in which that doesn't happen, there is no way in hell he is coming back to the city of Boston. He already won a couple championships here. He's already thrown a no-hitter. He can get more money in other places. He already admitted to that. So there's no way he comes back. I'd be shocked if he came back. But the ownership is take is they're going to take a lot of heat if he doesn't come back or if he gets traded, and and there's a part of me that 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 wants to know what John Lester was asking for because I will never I will never I will never hate on a on an athlete in any sport if he wants to go out and get as much money as possible, get as many years as possible, gets the biggest deal as possible. I'm not going to hate on the guy for that. Uh, because these, you know, you can get hurt one second and really your career is over and that's that. Go out and get the big deal when you can. John Lester has all the right in the world to go do that, especially based on the way he pitched last year in the playoffs and this season, uh, in his contract year. But my problem is don't come out publicly. Okay. Don't come out publicly and tell everybody that you are going to leave money on the table and that you're going to sign a Dustin Pedroia type deal and that you're going to take a hometown discount and that they're going to have to rip the jersey off your back. Don't come out and tell us that. And then, in negotiations, you know, ask for some crazy type of contract. And, and it, 
look, again, I don't know that he did ask for that type of contract, but we don't know what the numbers were being thrown around during the All-Star break. We don't know if they talked about the contract the last couple of days. We don't know the numbers that are being thrown around. But I do think that ownership, I know that ownership's going to take a lot of heat, but I, I think Lester might get off easy because I, I think we're overlooking the fact that it takes two to sign a deal. And for a guy that says publicly he wants to stay here so much, I just find a hard time believing that him being this good and this team wanting to win next year, him being the ace, I can't understand why they can't get in a room and work something out. Well, you mentioned him, if he leaves, not coming back. And there's a few there's a few ways I see that going. One, the Orioles have been the most rumored team to go after him or the closest to having a deal yeah. done. And I don't know if that's true because everyone's trying to be the first to break it as if that matters in, you know, in 2014. And people's sources yeah. are going against other people's sources. But let's say he does go to the Orioles. That's worst-case scenario for me, worst-case scenario for Yankees fans because the Red Sox in return get top prospects. The Orioles get John Lester. They probably go on and win the division. And then, you know, maybe the Red Sox could resign him next year. So it's sort of, you know, they're giving away rental and, and bolstering up their farm system even more. So that'd be the worst case. But like you said, I don't see him re-signing with the team only because I if, if he doesn't go back, I think it is because ownership lowballed him. And, and when you said ownership will take heat, to me, that ownership group doesn't give a crap about taking heat because they've done so many bad things, you know, throughout this, uh, you know, Red Sox reclamation over the last decade, despite winning three championships. I mean, that ownership group has made so many unbelievable moves and, and people just people are going to keep going back because people love baseball especially in Boston people love mm-hmm. the Red Sox and they don't care about who the owner is they just care about going to games and going to Fenway Park and watching the Red Sox and I think you know as many bad PR hits as they've taken this would just be another one and you know they'd shrug it off their shoulders and they'd make their money and they'd go their own way but you know I don't see him going back there because the Red Sox are so adamant about not wanting to pay pitchers uh, once they reach 30 years old, which you have to do in this day and age. I mean, you look at jo- Justin Masterson getting traded for a top prospect, the guy's on the disabled list, and he's got a 550 ERA and a bad knee. Um, I-, I just think you're going to have to overpay for pitchers at some point. And the thing with Lester is once he becomes a free agent, you know, there's no more only negotiating with the Red Sox. Now there's 29 other teams out there. And if the Mariners were crazy to give Robinson Cano 10 years, $240 million, some team's going to be crazy enough to give him six, seven, years 150 million yeah i i mean i think somebody will out there give him that and i guess that's what frustrates me about the whole thing and you mentioned you know testing free agency and last couple of days and weeks you know a lot of people even media members have come out and said well you know the red sox are not willing to pay um less the you know fair market value the thing about it is John Lester came out publicly and said, I want to stay in Boston for less than fair market value. That's, <laughs> that's my problem here. So it's like, what is John Lester asking for? And, and I just hope, I just hope that the whole hometown discount willing to settle for less than fair market value and the quote saying, I'm willing to leave money on the table. I hope that that whole conversation with the media uh, in January, which he didn't have to do, by the way, I I hope that that was not a ploy for him to save face, knowing that he wasn't going to get fair market value in Boston, knowing that he probably would get traded or wouldn't come back. And what that comment would do is save face for him and his team and make the Red Sox ownership look bad for not bringing a guy who publicly said, I'm willing to take a hometown discount. I just hope that's not their strategy, that he wanted to just save face, and they knew that. I mean, 
look, some agents can be sneaky, and they can have a player say something, do something. They care about their perception and how they're looked at and viewed at, viewed upon uh, by the teams and organizations that they're with, that they've won championships with. You think that John Lester doesn't want to come back one day to Fenway and you know be a part of these championship teams? He does, and he doesn't want to get booed during those times. So I don't know if they looked ahead and they said, this just isn't going to happen. They're not going to give you what other teams are going to give you. We're not going to be back. And if we don't agree, maybe they're going to trade you. But regardless, if you don't come back, well, what can we do right now to save face? Here's what you do. You come out in January in the offseason, and you tell everyone that you're willing to take a hometown discount. Um, I just hope that that wasn't a strategy on their part. But, you know, to get back to, to one of your other points um, a minute ago, which is if he gets traded to, let's say, a Baltimore, and, you know, you know he's probably not going to fall in love with Baltimore, but you never know. Um, but at the same time, somebody else, maybe a Seattle, would offer him, you know, more money I, because, you know, he's from there. You talk about L.A. Um, if John Lester does get traded and he does end up with the Red Sox, the only way, the only reason that happens is because that's a conspiracy. And I think Major League Baseball <laughs> will look into that. And I think that, that they will look into that and say, there's something shady going on here. You can't, there's no way that the league would allow that to happen without at least having an investigation. I do think they investigate that. And I think ultimately the Red Sox might have draft picks taken away from them if that were to happen. Uh, you know, you can't, because they won't, it's just, I'm telling you right now, he's just not going to come back to the Red Sox if he's traded. And if he does, be investigated. And I don't know that the Red Sox even want to go there with that, uh, any sort of investigation. So I just don't see – if he's traded, I don't see him back. But I will also say this. In the next 24 hours, um, if I have any advice for these two sides, you know, if you ask me to talk some sense into both parties, I'd say, hey – and I, I would have said this yesterday. You know what you do? Scratch John Lester on Wednesday night. Don't let him. Don't let him get ready to pitch on Wednesday. Don't let it be a, a day for him to prepare all afternoon. Instead, what we're going to do? We're going to take the next two days. We're going to get in a room, and we're going to try to work something out. Okay, that's what we're going to try to do. Let's keep John Lester in Boston. John, you want to stay? We have the money to pay. Let's make it happen, and then we can really focus on April 2015 by taking our prospects in the offseason and trading for what we need, which is a bat. It makes no sense to trade for prospects by giving away John Lester and taking those prospects and trading for a bat when you can just trade the prospects you have right now and trade for a bat and pay John Lester to come back next year. This is all just crazy, Neil, and I know I might be losing <laughs> right now, but I just can't understand why they can't come to an agreement. There was part of me yesterday that's thinking maybe all this trade leak stuff is part, it's just a public negotiation. The Red Sox calling his bluff saying, hey, you know what? What, you don't want to take this deal that we offered during the off-star break? Well, here's some leverage on our part. We're going to trade you. And maybe Lester counters that by saying, hey, you know what? They can trade me. I'll still consider re-signing here in the off-season. So take that. Is now I have the leverage. I was hoping that this is going that this is going on, and I, I think I still hope for that. I still don't think it's impossible, by the way, that he that he does return. But certainly, um, the signs and the rumors they all do point to him being traded. And I just can't figure out how we even got to this point, Neil.
I can't do it. Can't put my finger on it. Well, he, the, your little theory better not. I better not see him at Fred, uh, Fenway on Friday night, starting against the Yankees and beating them, because that'll just be a, that'll just be miserable. I hope. Well, I can I can tell you what I won't be watching this shit show anyways. I mean, <laughs> I'm watching right now, and I have no idea why. Uh, you know, Bogots grounds in grounds this short. Um, I I don't know why I'm watching. I really don't. I, <laughs> I can't put. I, can't even, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to feel about this whole thing. Uh, the Red Sox aren't usually in this position. They won a championship last year, and they're about to trade John Lester, and they're about to trade Lackey, and I can't figure any of it out. Well, Lackey, uh, I mean, I've I've always been an anti-Lackey guy ever since his time with the Angels. I know you've been a, a very pro-Lackey guy, but... Oh, uh, I love Lackey. When you, love t- <laughs> when you talk about Lester, Lackey, I mean, you're talking about Bogarts, how bad he's been, and it just, that makes me even more mad that they won last year, because they were... This is the team that should have been playing last year. I mean, this this is the same team minus Ellsbury. It just doesn't make sense how they won the World Series last year. But like you kept saying, we don't know the dollars. We don't know who to believe yet, whether Red Sox ownership lowballed him, whether Lester actually uh, lied about hometown discount and wanted a lot. And that brings me to a question of what number, you know, what's the number where you would be absolutely pissed that they wouldn't go to, or, or that Lester, what if Lester said I wanted five years, a hundred million? They said no. Would that upset you? Oh, no question. Five years, a hundred mil. I want the Red Sox to pay him. If they need to pay him twenty-five million a year, I'm fine with that. Overpay per year. Uh, you know, pay the fair market, the market value per year. But you, I mean, you can't give John Lester a seven-year deal. My thing is, you give him a five-year deal with an option, some sort of option incentive on the sixth and, and and if it's still working out then you you can you know have something where you rip it up and you give them a two year extension you can you can put that in a contract i mean it, and if you really want to stay in boston it makes sure you know i think you can get that out of the red sox but uh, I, you know i if 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 the red sox said no we're not giving them 5 and 100 uh then that's on the red sox because that is that that would be pathetic. You have the money to spend. It's not like you got to start. You know, if the deal doesn't work out in year four and five, it's not like you got to start firing people. You know, you don't have to fire the guy cooking hot dogs on Yaki Way. I mean, you what do you? How much money do you really lose? Honestly, um, you add pieces around him by then, where you still could try and win. I mean, it's it, the money shouldn't be an issue with the Red Sox, but at some point, it does become a business. And it would be bad business to me to give John Lester a seven-year deal. Well, here, um, that's if you, want, if you want to tease. If you want to tease a six, fine, but no seven. If he said, if Lester's asking for seven, I'm walking away, and I'm not. I don't even think I'm coming back to the negotiation table. Well, here's my thing. Here's where I rebut that: is that you say it doesn't matter about the money, so just give him the money. But so, who cares if he has the seventh year? I mean. It's not like it's the NHL, the NFL, where the years and the and the the dollars actually matter because there's a salary cap. I mean, it's like I would say with the Yankees, they want to give you know Jacoby Ellsbury 150 million dollars. I would have given Cano 300. I mean, it's not my money. I don't care. The Yankees are not like you said. They're not going to be firing uh, hot dog vendors because they ran out of money. I mean, they could probably have offered Cano 700 million dollars and they'd still be making profit at the end of the year. So to me, why not just give? Lester the seven years. I mean, someone's going to give him seven years. I think I I heard you know you guys talking about that on your podcast today. I thought that was nuts. I, some team will gladly give him seven years. I mean, he's going to get six easy. I, I feel like seven's going to be no problem. He's only thirty years old. I mean, their teams were lined up to give seven and eight years to uh, Cliff Lee when he was thirty two, and he ended yeah. up getting what he wanted. So I mean, 
if you give if say Lester said seven years, I don't know one fifty, one seventy five. I mean, it's not my money. I'd pay him if if he gets the free agency and the Yankees offer that to him and they sign him. I'll be more than happy. I'll take the shitty John Lester in six or seven years. But you know, I'll take the four or five years there. Well, he'll be at the front of the rotation. Um, yeah, I mean, look, when I say a sixth year, I, I think I you know it's sort of an option. I mean, I think a five year guaranteed deal is is a is good business. Um, you know, if you want to tease a, a six or do something with that, again, like I said, we can work in, hey, if it's still working out, we can rip it up, and, and, and it, it eventually could be a seven. I, I know that, I know what you're saying, all right, if you're going to give him five and you don't care about the money, what's it in the sixth or the seventh year? What's the difference? Well, I just, there at some point, these teams need to, at least I would like to see them treat it like a business. And... I do think that seven years, to me, seven years is a little crazy, is, is a little much. Not only do I think it's a little much in general, but I think it's a little much, especially for a guy who came out and publicly stated <laughs> that he wants to take a hometown discount. So when John Lester's his hometown discount, seven years to me is not a hometown discount. You get what I'm saying? So I, I, I just, I'm not going, I wouldn't go seven. I, or at least, let me say this. I wouldn't blame the Red Sox if they didn't want to give him seven years. Um, but if they don't want to give him five, then I have a big problem with that. That's on the Red Sox. But again, we don't know the numbers right now. Those will come out, I think. But we don't know them right now. Well, here's why I'm sort of with Lester, and obviously you are too, granted still the fact that we, the unknown of the numbers, and that, you know, he took the job, he took the security, the money security, in, in the case that, you know, he tore his left labrum or, or needed Tommy John or something when he signed the five-year $30 million deal. And I remember at the same time, around the same time, Pedroia also signed a deal before his current deal. And I remember there was a Pedroia quote saying, you know, like, the, the, where he knew he could have eventually gotten more on the open market once he became a free agent. But he said, you know, this is enough money to play baseball. Like, I'll have enough money for the rest of my life, basically being like, you know, I don't need to go chase the $200 million contract, which, you know, had he become a free agent, he would be making way more than the 12 or $13 million he gets a year. And for Lester, yeah. when I look at John Lester, you know, after this year, he's going to have earned $30 million over five years. I mean, CC Sabathia is pulling that in in one year. The guy's not even pitching right now. So I feel like Lester should go chase that big money because, you know, he deserves it. And when you see someone like Max Scherzer, who, you know, has had a couple – good years and he's the most probably inconsistent pitcher over a career in the last seven years for how good he's been and also how bad he's been and he turned down six years 144 million in the spring I mean I, th- I feel like Lester has every right and, and six four, 144 I would feel like that's a pretty good deal if John Lester was able to get that but I still do think he'll get the seventh year yeah oh, oh no I think so too all in the open market and again I think look I, I think every professional athlete has every right to go out and get the big deal and John Lester has every right to go out and get it too but my problem is, you know, the whole hometown. Di- don't give us the hometown discount thing if you don't mean it. If you don't mean it, you know, if, if, don't give us the hometown discount thing. And then three months later, see that you're having a good season and say, well, now you have to match fair market value. I, I, I those you don't do that. Don't do. Don't say it. Just don't say anything. So it just seems fishy to me, and it just seems weird that if he wants to stay here so much. And he's, he's, he almost seemed happy to take a hometown discount when he said it. He almost seemed like it was a guarantee, like it was a done deal. He was going to do it. Now we're talking about they we're having this market value conversation and what other guys get. And in his mind, at least what he said, it was never supposed to be about that. 
it's turned into that. I don't know who's turned it into that. If it's the Red Sox, terrible offer. If they didn't go more than 472, 4 for 72. Or if it's John Lester not being uh, honest with everybody in, in what he was going to ask for and what he was going to settle for. Uh, it, it's just, you know, don't tell us one thing and behind the scenes do another. And it, 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 it seems like maybe that happened. Again, we don't know for sure because we don't know even on the free the side. But I'm just hesitant to put it all on ownership right now. And I think that's what 99% of people in New England are doing or around the sports world. They're going to put it on ownership. They're going to put it on Red Sox management. They're going to say, oh, they're cheap. They don't do this. They don't do that. Well, look, you got a guy that's coming out that's saying he's going to take a Dustin Pedroia type deal. Um, all of a sudden, he doesn't want to. Uh, it's 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 maddening to me that you can say that, and now we're talking about him being traded because the Red Sox won't match fair market value when it never really was supposed to be fair market value, according to the player that wants to stay here so badly. If he does get to free agency, I think the Yankees will make a run at him because they're so banged up. I mean, at this point, you're probably going to lose Tanaka half the season next year. You're going to lose Nova for about a quarter of it. Pineda's been, you know, healthy, not healthy every other week since he's ever become a Yankee. So, um, you know, they're going to have rotation concerns going into next year. They'll probably try to make a run at him. They'll probably try to make a run at David Price um, if he can hit free agency as well. But, you know, as fun as it is to think about Lester becoming a Yankee, um, and as you know, with them getting Damon in 2005, uh, before the 06 season, and with Ellsbury now this year, you know, it it's nice to get those guys, and it, it you know it's good to take a hit to the Red Sox, but at the same time, you want part of the rivalry to remain intact. Like when you when I think of the Red Sox, I think of John Lester starting a you know a Friday night seven o'clock game to open a series. Um, you know, you look forward to things like that. And as much as, you know, he would help the Yankees, certainly, I do think that, you know, the Red Sox need those guys on their team, and it and it helps baseball. And as much as it pains me to say, it's better when both teams are good. It makes those games more exciting. It gives you, you know, the hope and the chance that they'll meet again in the postseason. But um, I don't know. I, I just feel like he belongs on that team as much as it pains me to say it. And it's going to be weird if he's wearing, like, a Pittsburgh Pirate hat come come Wednesday night or Thursday night. Yeah, and I mean, it's even it's. Really- it would be even weirder if he was wearing a uh, Yankee cap next season. I don't think he's going to be. I know you want him. I know you want him. <laughs> well, um, I mean, but I'll t- I mean, 30 years old, right in his prime right now. I mean, yeah, he'll suck. You know, get in 2020, John Lester probably won't be the same guy. But for right now, I definitely take him. But like I said, it, it does take away a little bit of the Yankees Red Sox thing. And you know that that rivalry has been hurting now for a few years, and that only chip away at it a little more. But I don't know. I just I just want those teams to be good at the same time. As much as it is fun when the Red Sox are 20 games below 500 or whatever they're going to be eventually. But uh, I don't know. It's it's better when Yankees Red Sox mean something. Yeah, it, it is. I don't think that. West is going to go to Yankees, though, because I, I think there'll be other teams. Well, they'll probably offer him a lot. So, <laughs> man, I don't know how he feels about the Red Sox. I don't know if he's genuine, that he wants to stay here, that he loves his place. If he's not, then maybe he will go to the Yankees. I'm actually questioning that. That's what, I'm questioning how badly he wants to stay here. So maybe he will. Um, but you're right. It's The money's going to be out there for him. The years will be out there for him. And at this point, it looks like that's the deal he's going to take. He'll take the, uh, the, the best deal. Um, I don't know if Seattle will offer him something and he'll want to go home. You know, um, who knows? But 
It doesn't look like he's going to stay with the Red Sox. And uh, But if I had to put money on it, I'd put money that he doesn't end up with the Yankees. Well, here's the reason I think he would is because once the once the Red Sox thing, once he's gone from the Red Sox, if you really believe he won't go back, and I think he won't because I think ownership wouldn't want to have him back because that would mean they're going to have to give him a deal he's going to want once he becomes a free agent. It's just not going to happen. So once he leaves the Red Sox, the only team he's ever known, and once the hometown thing is gone and the, the whole aura of being a lifetime Red Sox is gone, then the whole purpose of him becoming a free agent is to chase the top dollar. So I don't know, and, and the Yankees are certainly, if they don't make the playoffs this year, you know, they spent $500 million this past season when they didn't make the playoffs. The last time they made the playoffs, they spent like $429 million. So if they're coming off consecutive seasons uh, without making the playoffs, Brian Cashman's contract's up as well. If he gets re-signed, he's going to go to town. I mean, it's going to be nuts, the, the, the money they're going to be throwing around. And once Lester's over the whole Red Sox thing, the whole purpose, I would think, is for him to get the most money possible. And I can easily see them being the team with the most money possible. Yeah, I mean, unless he, it depends how much he cares about uh, about how you know he is accepted in Boston, you know, the rest of his career. And I don't know that because I'm I've been trying to get a vibe on his mindset, um, and I I just I I don't know what it is. I don't. It's just there's still part of me that thinks they can get something done that he's not even traded, and that maybe in the next forty eight hours we're talking about an extension, uh, you know, for a hometown discount. You know, so you think he's going to be in New York? I I would put money that he's not. Um, But I guess I never would have thought we'd be to this point either where we're talking about trading Lester. So uh, I guess anything's possible at this point. The one thing I don't like about this whole thing is – is the way Red Sox ownership sort of treats the Red Sox. And I know it's, like you say, it's a business. They're in the business of making money. They want to make money. But um, I guess for, you know, our generation of fans, being a Yankees fan is much different because the guys I grew up with, like Jeter, Rivera, Posada, I mean, these guys were staples my entire life. The Red Sox fan doesn't get that because if Lester leaves, I mean, he's going to go to another team. I guess you have, or I mean, I guess Ortiz, you could count him, even though he's on the Twins before that. But even before that, Mo Vaughn left. I mean, it just seems like the Red Sox fan doesn't have these guys, or at least the Red Sox fan that's a kid right now to about age, you know, 35, late 30s, doesn't have that player that was a lifetime guy that was sort of their staple of their baseball life growing up. Um, I mean, I I guess, I mean, you could, David Ortiz, right? I mean, we, we got big poppy here. Uh, I think they probably wish they could go out and get a guy like like a, a Stanton. But you're right. I mean, Lester came through this, especially as the guy that came through this organization um, from the minor leagues. And, and yeah, I mean, you'd like to keep him around. But I, I think that also the Red Sox ownership, you know, we, we also, you know, we can't, the reason I say they, 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 you don't go seven with them is, and I say they need to keep their business, is because as good as Lester was last year in the playoffs and as good as he was this year, maybe people outside of Boston don't know this. And this isn't me knocking him on the way up the door. I've been saying this for, for the last two years. Is, you know, 2012, um, 2011, even last year, middle of the summer last year, John Lester was about as bad as you could be in baseball to the point where we had realistic conversations probably last August, as to whether or not Lester would even be in the playoff rotation. Honestly, we were having those conversations here in Boston, and they were realistic conversations. That, that's how bad he was. So the last couple of years, 
he has had some 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 tough stretches, consistent stretches, in which he was very bad to the point where we're all trying to figure stuff out for the guy. Um, I do think that the business part of it, you have to remember that stuff. You know, you can't just ignore the fact. You can't just look at this year. You can't just look at last year's playoffs. You have to see that there have been some long stretches of Leicester the last, you know, three of the last four years, two of the last three years, of him being very bad. And you, you, that's part of the business thing. You know, that's why I don't think you can you can go seven. So, sure, we'd all like to say, oh, John Leicester, you know, homegrown, uh, not, not homegrown, but, you know, in the organization, came to the minors, you know, through the no-hitter, won two championships, is having a tremendous year this year, you know, likable guy because he's the ace. You got to keep him around. You got to do whatever it takes. I don't think you do whatever it takes. I, I, I really don't. And um, but but I do think that you should give him you should give him a lot. Uh, but I mean, you already know where I stand and how much I I think they should give him and 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 how many years. I, I just I think that I don't think you need to treat guys like that. Um, you need to reward to a certain point, but you can't ignore that John Lester has had some rough stretches the last couple of years. And as recently as last year, in the middle of the summer, he had as bad, he was as, he was as bad as you could be. And then, of course, he turned it around in the playoffs, and he helped him win a World Series and was one of the biggest parts to it. Um, but in a perfect world, you know, John Lester returns, and he signs an extension, and he's here for the next five, maybe six years. But again, I just come back to, I don't know why that's not happening. I don't know if it's on Lester asking too much. I don't know if it's on the Red Sox uh, for being cheap. But we will we will find out. If the Red Sox trade him, we'll find out. We will know those numbers and we'll be able to we'll be able to judge uh, who was wrong in this situation. Well the last time we talked was now three months ago, which is kind of amazing because it doesn't seem like that long ago, right before the Yankees uh, went to Fenway the first time, the uh, week after Easter, that end of April there, and you know, back then I didn't. I thought this this race, this division race, um, would go a little differently. I thought everyone would be tight. I didn't think the division would be as bad win wise as it is, even though it's been competitive. Uh, they, I think, I saw the other day the AL East has the most wins among any of the divisions in baseball. But did you see mm. the this Red Sox season going this way after the way last season ended? No, I, I didn't. I mean. You look at Bogots, Jackie Bradley Jr., um, kids. You want a championship, go with the kids, play them, play Bogots in this comfort zone at shortstop. They start with that. But still, Stephen Drew didn't cost them the season. You know, but, but I don't think you know, he helped as much as maybe they thought he was going to help or at all. Um, so you took Bogots out of his comfort zone. But no, I didn't see it going this way. This team had an awful time. You know, scoring runs and coming up with that big hit with a runner in scoring position, that's been the biggest issue all season long. And it, it, it's it's tough to see that, you know, when Perzinski goes, there's some people in the clubhouse, anonymous, that are talking to the media saying, you know, this guy was had a bad attitude, you know, he's on his phone after games when pitchers are, uh, you know, looking to be consoled after a tough start. I mean, you know, BS. That, that's BS. When, when you're in the batter's box and there's a guy on second, I don't care if, he, if A.J. Pruszynski was Snapchatting with <laughs> you know, someone in your family and you didn't like that job in that situation. And the Red Sox didn't do their job. They didn't come up with those big hits. 
It's not on Perzinski and what he was doing on his phone. It, it doesn't matter. This team didn't come through offensively um, at all in big spots, you know, uh, early in the season. So I didn't see it going that way. I mean, it's it just it, it's tough to look at a team be that bad with runners in scoring position all year long. It was just tough to watch. And, um, it, no, I, I didn't expect this. I expected them to be in the playoffs. I didn't expect them to win it again but I expected them to be good enough to get into the playoffs. And uh, we know that's not happening. And um, it's also why I'm going to be switching to shock NATO too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In the next couple that starts at nine um, on the sci-fi channel. I, I highly recommend anybody whose baseball team is out of the race to watch shock NATO too tonight, because that's what I'm going to well, you know what's funny is I have never seen Sharknado, the first one, and before we did this podcast, I started watching it at 7, so it's on pause, so I was uh, I was going to try to watch that one, DVR the second one, and then so I'd be able to watch it also by tomorrow, I know what's going on when the rest of the world's talking about it, but for Danny Picard at this point, I mean, the baseball season's uh, you know, a little over halfway over, the Red Sox are out of it. So what do you do now? You said you weren't going to watch this shit show of a team anymore. I mean, are you already looking forward towards Patriots football and Bruins hockey are you at the Southie beaches? What do you do the rest of the summer now with no baseball? Oh, I'm at the beach. I'm at the beach. Um, look, no, I'll tell you, look, I'm still a baseball guy in the summer. I don't get too jacked up about NFL training camp. You know, they're giving a training camp center on ESPN. Like, I just <laughs> don't care. Um, you know, and maybe that's me being spoiled. I, you, you probably care more about training camp than, than I do. Maybe not. I, I guess maybe some people, some other people in New York might. I'm, I don't really care about, I don't watch training camp and football. I don't watch preseason hockey. I don't watch spring training baseball until the real season starts. I can't get caught up in who looked good in, uh, you know, seven on seven or whatever they do in the NFL. No, it doesn't bother me. And, and again, maybe this is me spoiled, but as long as Tom Brady's the quarterback and as long as Bill Belichick's the coach, um, you know, I think this Patriots team's going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, when they're in the playoffs with those guys, if they're healthy, you know, even with guys unhealthy for the Patriots, they have this next man up approach. We know they can, at least I know they can get to, you know, uh, deep, make a playoff run. So, I don't get too worked up about about training camp stuff. So the rest of the summer, yeah, it's going to be tough. I guess I'll watch maybe to see if Brandon Workman is a guy that you keep or you trade in a package for Giancarlo Stanton or if Ruby De La Rosa is a guy who you trade or who you keep um, in a deal for Stanton because that's what the Red Sox are doing. The Lester or no Lester, I've been told Red Sox sources tell me that they're going to go after Giancarlo Stanton. And they feel that with the prospects they have, they are going to be one of the favorites to get him. If the Marlins make him available, which history tells us, if you can give him a good enough deal, the Marlins are going to be willing uh, to deal some big time, some of the big time players. So that's what I'll be looking forward to, I guess, the winter where the Bruins will be playing, where the Celtics will suck. And the Red Sox will trade for Giancarlo Stanton. Well, we'll have to we'll have to talk again. I know uh, you know the Red Sox sort of fading here. Hopefully, we could get a series sweep this weekend, though. 
with the way Yankees Red Sox going, it doesn't really matter who's on the field. These games always seem to get crazy, and uh, we'll have to talk again this summer. I mean, they still have a few series left. They've got that final three games of the season. The last time uh, Jeter will ever see Boston, um, so we'll talk mm-hmm. again, and uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk down the line, and and maybe uh, John Lester. Won't get traded. Maybe you'll get your wish. Let's just hope he doesn't start on Friday night. Yeah, I just I don't care about this upcoming Yankee series. I, I might not even watch any of it. I I will be paying attention to the last series when Jeter comes down. I'll I'll be I'll be in the building for that one. You can guarantee that. All right, Dan. Thanks again, and uh, have a good summer. If I don't talk to you between now and that last series. All right, Neil. Thank you.